feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. Everything in my life that I had been through that caused me the most fear in the past, like it all turned out the way that it should have. Nothing that I went through didn't turn out for the better. Hey everyone, welcome to the Really Mental Show where we talk about mental health and identity. Could you please follow us, like, subscribe, and make sure you rate this five stars on whatever you are listening to. We really feel like Luna has an amazing story that is worth that. Also, follow us on our socials at Really Mental Podcasts. Today, we're talking about fear with Luna Montana, and she's had a really awesome journey with dealing with a lot of different things. And so, very excited to hear about her journey later today. Harry, when is the time that you have felt fear and how did you deal with it? For me personally, fear is something that comes and goes all the time. And definitely when you're putting yourself out there and putting yourself in a position to be doing different things and doing things that aren't the norm, like going and getting a university degree and stuff like that, I think that you can find elements of fear in your life because you're not going with everyone. And I think for me, the way that I dealt with that was bringing myself back to the reason why I was starting everything and the reason why I was doing what I was doing and reminding myself that I just need to be patient and my time will come and I need to trust that everything will happen for a reason and will happen for myself. You're away at the moment, so how is it dealing with fear like in the world as you go and travel? I think we're really seeing a shift again and things feel like they're back to normal, like London feels back to normal and hopefully everything else does. I know that there is an element of fear within people obviously with what's going on in the world and uncertainties and just life in general. I think COVID made people really realize how fragile life is and how much our lives can change so quickly. So we just need to get out and do things and enjoy things because you never know when that might stop again. But I think that that's the biggest thing that I've seen and definitely even learned from the past few years. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear, Harry, and I'm excited to hear more about sort of how Luna deals with it. And for everyone listening, make sure to let us know how you deal with fear as you go into your amazing life as well. And excited to have Luna on the show. Hopefully, we can all learn something from her. So let's welcome Luna onto the show. Hey, everyone. We have a really mental show on the Amazon AMP app. We're going to be hosting live conversations with some of your favorite guests, including some of the ones on here. Make sure you go follow us on the Amazon AMP app at Really Mental. And we want you to know that no matter who you are, you're not alone. Hopefully we'll see you on Amazon AMP at 7 p.m. PT, 10 p.m. ET every Sunday. All right, see you then, beautiful human. So today we have an incredible guest. Uh, We have dancer, YouTuber, influencer, Luna Montana. And I want to give you the chance to introduce yourself on your terms. So how would you describe yourself today and how are you feeling? Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Luna Montana. You described me perfectly. I'm an influencer, YouTuber, ballerina, and I talk a lot about mental health. I talk a lot about girl topics, but I just want to make girls feel comfortable and confident. And that's just my main kind of purpose. So how did you get into that? 
I started dancing when I was three. I I feel like growing up, even just like when I was born, I was always a performer, like would make my parents sit down and just dance in front of them for like for hours. They put me in dance and I loved it. I started out as a tap dancer, which I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar with. That was like my first thing and then started going mainly ballet. And that was, yeah, I've done, I do all styles though, really. What do you like about dance? I think that it's such a form of like expression that it's so unique, you know, like you're not using your voice or, or you're not singing or you're not doing anything. You're just using your body. And it's such like a therapeutic thing. And you go into the studio, you're off your phone and you're just like so in tune with yourself and like sharing that with so many other people. It's just like so beautiful. It feels amazing. And when did you really start taking it seriously? What was your journey like with it? When I was in middle school, I moved to New York for a year with my mom. I went to a ballet school there and then came back home and just went like strictly ballet and went to like summer intensives, which like they're like the ballet thing that you do. You go for like five weeks, very intense. And at that point, you just become more serious about it. Like, you know, you get asked to to stay at those places. And then that's like when you just kind of go into companies and whatever, so forth. (laughs) How do you look back on that time? I think that, I mean, whenever people ask me, like, what do you regret? Which I don't really have many regrets. Like, I think everything that I did and, you know, all the mistakes I made have led me to the person I am. But, like, I do wish I had that high school experience. Like, the very American high school, like, going to the football games and, you know, going to the homecomings and getting asked by a date and, like, all those things. Like, the cliche, like, school spirit, pep rally, like, all of that American stuff, like... I was so anti it at the time. I was like, I hate school. I hate everybody and everybody hates me and I'm not popular and I don't want it. Like, I'm just going to go to ballet and hide there. But I do wish that I had that experience. I don't think like in regards to like going to college, I think I had learned so much of what people learn in college of like living alone and taking care of yourself and being diligent from ballet and just like my childhood growing up that that part of college, I didn't really need to learn, you know? How is that for you navigating that whole adulting space? I love it. I love being alone. I love taking care of myself. I love being independent. Like even just growing up, like I wanted to do everything myself. I always knew my own schedule. Like my mom was not really that involved with it. I had everything handled. So I love living alone personally. I mean, obviously it can get overwhelming. You know, you have a lot to take care of and laundry and all of that, but it's not as scary as it seems. As long as you like learn to love your own company. I feel like growing up can be such a formative time, obviously, and things can really change. Do you feel like you've been able to hold on to that energy and excitement for life? Or do you find sometimes there's moments when you don't feel like that anymore? Yeah, I think that I still have it for sure, but it fades all the, like in and out as I've gotten older and like have just lost that, yeah, I guess naive look on life and just have been hit with new challenges that I didn't have before and that kind of fades but I think at the end of the day I always come back to that and like realize how grateful I am that I have like all these things that I can do and even just getting in the car and getting to play my favorite song loud and have the windows down like that just like being able to go do that makes me excited like I don't know just little things I just have to remember that how are you able to bring yourself back to remember those points of gratitude oh gosh it's hard I think when I'm really low I let myself be low. I'm not going to like, you know, put pressure and be like, oh, well, you should be so grateful. You should be so grateful for everything that you have and everything. But bringing myself back, 
I think just like listing all the things I'm grateful for and kind of going through my life and all the challenges that I've been through and just remembering like who I am and knowing my worth and like getting in touch with the reality of who I am brings me back to that person. It's important to bring yourself back sometimes because you can get like lost in the fairies when you're going through all these different things. And I definitely experienced that where I felt like I was kind of like floating on a cloud and didn't know how to ground myself back to where I was with like gratitude and with realizing and being in the present moment, which I think is key to a lot of the issues we experience is like trying to be present with every little thing that we're doing. But I think it's a massive challenge, obviously, with social media and with all these different platforms and people not having a very long attention span. How have you been able to be present whilst having like a job in social media and in that world? It's the hardest thing. And that's always been like a theme too with my family, like The Power of Now. I don't know if you guys have read that book. Eckhart Tolle? Yes, yes. Love that. <laughs> I yes, know. let's it's go. Like, oh, it's one of my favorites. And it's just like my brother has it tattooed on him. Like the time is now. And it's true. Like living in the present, like you're not worrying about the future. There's no anxieties. It's just like you actually experience the gift of life when you're in the present. But I, I was talking to someone about this and it's like the world that I'm in, in a way, which I don't think on my YouTube channel as much. Like I, I think mostly my Instagram you have to look at it like you're creating an avatar. And I was like, what? Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, no, it's me. It's me. But no, like your social media life and like who you put out, which I mean, different on my YouTube because I do show my downs as well. But like Instagram, okay, I'm just wearing a perfect outfit looking like the the best photos that I can take, you know, of myself. And it's just like an avatar in a way of like creating the perfect idealized version of myself. And just to, to kind of separate that, like the person that I am, which I keep trying, you know, to incorporate and be as real as I can, but obviously it's hard. You don't want to show those parts, but having that life and then also having my wholesome life of like, okay, I'm going to have a family dinner tonight and be so present and have like the people that I love around me and cook a nice dinner and like just do things that are the meaning of life or being in nature, just like stuff that isn't so superficial just brings me back, I think, to the present moment. Is there a moment where you suddenly realize, okay, wow, like, I really need to spend more time with family because that grounds me. Or does that just sort of happen over time? No, I definitely have moments where I realize like when I'm very low and just kind of lost in that superficial, whatever influencer, I didn't get enough views. I didn't get enough likes on this photo or I hung out with people in LA and I just come home feeling terrible or whatever. Like I'll lay there and be, and just know I'll be like, okay, my family has to come over tomorrow or I need to go to nature or I need to get off my phone. Like I know what I need to do to fix it. It's just hard to get myself to actually do that because sometimes I just want to feel low, want to be self-deprecating. But there's definitely like aha moments of, okay, I know what I need to do now. Yeah, definitely. I think that that point that you just said of like wanting to feel low is really interesting because I think there's a lot of people that always expect you to feel happy and they make you want to feel like you're going to be amazing and great and happy and all of these great emotions. But something that Will and I have both been learning recently, and he's going to love that I'm saying this, is as many highs as you have, you have as many lows. It's kind of like an like equal. They have to kind of balance each other out. And I think that's a really important thing to remember when you're going through these experiences because you have these motions for a reason. Like they're not there for any other reason, but to tell you that you're feeling this way and they make you feel that way because usually it's either something's wrong or something needs to be sorted. You're just feeling that way because you can, like it's not bad to feel that way. And I think that's an important thing that people need to remember because in society, we've always put this pressure to always feel happy 
when we don't actually have to all the time. But I think also with that, sitting with the sadness for too long can be a very dangerous thing because it can spiral to worse things for your life. How do you get out of the sadness and not sit in it for too long? I've talked a little bit about it on my channel, but I've never experienced like a true deep, like actual depression diagnosed until this year. Like I have always gone in and out, I think, and have been able to get myself out and I've never been at a point where I'm like, I can't get out of this or, or things aren't going to get better. And like recent this year, I really struggled with, with depression. Like it's true. Like didn't feel motivated to do anything or, or get up and even like make my bed or brush my teeth. Like I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to take care of myself because I didn't feel like worthy of taking care of myself at all. And I didn't know I was going to get out of it. Like I was like, oh, this is forever. And I've never felt that feeling before. For me, I think it took a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I had my family and my mom at the time that was just like, you know, reminding me that this is not you. This is not forever. You have the power once you're ready and like want help to get that help. And I, you know, talked to my therapist about it and talked to a psychiatrist and got a medication and like, it just, it took a lot of steps, but for me to get out of an episode like that, I just need to do little things, no matter what they are, tiny little goals of the day. Okay. Like I just drink coffee and put my glass in the sink, but I'm not going to leave it there. Like I'm going to turn myself around and like put it in the dishwasher, like tiny little goals that I accomplished that just become habitual and like get me more motivated and motivated every second is the most important thing for me. What were the things that you were feeling and what were the things that were going through your brain when you were going through that stage in your life where you were feeling depressed and you were feeling really sad? Like what was actually going through your mind and how were you acting? I don't know if I would describe it of like a kind of dissociating with who I was as a person and everything I'd been through because I know who I am and I know my childhood, how I grew up, what I've struggled with. And like, I'm proud of those things that I've gone through and everything. And when I was in this moment, well, part of it was uh, I, I was in, you know, some type of toxic relationship that made me feel so worthless and so like terrible. Um, and I just like completely lost touch with myself and who I was. I was like, a different person to me. I was just like, I don't know who this person is. This is like, you know, the angel and the devil in your brain, whatever. This is like only her. It was like the devil only. Definitely. And I'm interested from that period because Harry and I have been speaking a lot about how your greatest challenges become your biggest blessings. Do you feel you're able to look back on it positively at this point? Or are you sort of healing from that experience? When I think about like the biggest thing I've been through in my life, it was definitely my parents' divorce, which happened in high school. All my current traumas and everything is from that. But like, I wouldn't, when people talk about it now, I'm like, no, I wouldn't have changed that for the world because I became who I was. I probably wouldn't have had a YouTube channel. I probably would have been like, I don't know what I would be doing. Like I, would, I wouldn't be self-sufficient and self-made and, and like as hardworking and diligent as I am now if I, that didn't happen to me. For this year, the depression I was in, I'm still definitely dealing with it. And I think the biggest lesson I learned is healing is not linear whatsoever. Like I kind of got out of it and I was in such a high for so long. And I was like, wow, this is great. Like I'm happy forever now. Like this is great. And then all of a sudden I was like, boom, like, no, you're not. Yeah. It's a roller and coaster. Completely. And the one thing I have to remember is that I, everything's going to be okay. It always ends up the way it should. And I just have to trust that the universe has my back in that. I think I'm still dealing, still dealing with that right now. Faith is such a big thing, I find, especially for those periods. And obviously today we're talking about fear. And this is a question for the both of you. How do you deal 
with fear when it comes up in your life, whether it's around things that have happened in the past, you don't want them to happen in the future. Or maybe you're facing a situation where you're unsure if you can accomplish the task or the job. How do you deal with that? And we'll start first with Luna. I think for me, I, like you said, I just need to trust faith and trust the universe and trust that like everything in my life that I had been through that was the worst moments that caused me the most fear in the past, like it all turned out the way that it should have. Like nothing that I went through that was a hardship in my life didn't turn out for the better, you know, in the end. And I have to trust, okay, if I'm in that low point, like there's clearly something that I need to be learning from this. There's something that's going to be a silver lining in this. And like, thank God that I have the lows so that I can appreciate the highs. I think just trusting to not put all that pressure on yourself and just trust everything else, be present. That's the main key for me. I think something I want to add on the back of Luna is when I feel like I don't want to do something or I feel fearful or like nervous about it, that's when I like think, oh, this is the time to lean into that and do it because I don't really want to do it, but like I know I should do it. And I know that like this is like going to make me nervous and it's going to push me, but it's good for me to do. It's going to take me out of my comfort zone. It's going to make me learn things. And that can be anything. Fashion week, I'm petrified of walking fashion week, right? But it's a part of my job. And it's a part of one of the aspects within my job and it's will help my career exponentially. And I know that I need to do it. And I know it's something I need to push myself to do, even though I'm so fearful of just tripping. Like I don't want to fall in front of people. I think it'd be so embarrassing, but I know at the same time, like this is good for me. This is like a big opportunity and like this will help my career exponentially. And it's something I do want to do. I'm just like thinking worst case scenario, but I know that I need to lean into that fear. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) After being in a toxic relationship that you learned a lot from, are you fearful of future relationships? Oh my God. Like crazy, crazy. I'm like scarred. Whenever anyone asks me, I'm like, I am anti-love. I'm anti-relationship. I am asexual now. Like I (laughs) can't. Yeah. No, I'm definitely scarred. That's something I have to work through. But I think with time, that's going to happen. I'm just like, I don't see a time when I'm not going to be treated that way. Like, I don't see that happening for me. Yeah, that's something that I've experienced as well. Like post breakup, thinking that things are normal and like having to like be told by like other females, or other people around me, hey, like that's not how someone should be treating you. Because that's like for me, I was like, oh, wait, that's not normal. Or like something I caught myself doing all the time was constantly apologizing to whatever partner I had after this relationship I was in because I was always feel, felt like I was in the wrong. In a past relationship, I would always be like attacked. So I'd have to, you know what I mean? For like the right. littlest of things. So I think that's definitely been an interesting learning experience for me through that whole area due to that relationship was kind of like normalizing things that aren't normal. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And Yeah, I definitely have unlearning to do as well. So me and you both. (laughs) I think, I mean, the main thing for me, and it's it's crazy because when I went into this past toxic situation, I was talking to my therapist from the very beginning and telling her everything. And she was like, oh my God, run for your life. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? In a way, I wanted that pain. Like, I felt like I needed to feel that because I think a big part for me, which we can also dive into is um, when I was about 13, I kind of in a way got abandoned by my dad. and. To have daddy issues, which common term, but like in a way I, I looked for men that didn't treat me right, that didn't want me, my presence because that was what felt like home to me because that's all I knew, you know, and I 
think I didn't work through that trauma and it's definitely something I still need to work through because I think a perfect guy could come and he's an accountant and he's rich and he loves me and he could do everything for me. I'd be so bored. <laughs> like, I think that that's still the place I'm in in my life. I need to learn so much. And I don't think that if anyone that comes or around and reminds me just a little bit of this past person, like I can't see myself staying and talking, but I don't know. Do you feel like you are worthy of love and do you feel like you can be loved by someone else? No, not at all. I feel that. I'm so scarred and it's dove into all parts of my life. Like with friends, especially right now, which I mean, that's all I can really focus on. Family will always love me. With friends, I'll be like, oh, they didn't answer my one phone call. They're so upset with me. They only liked my message. Like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? Like I did this. Like what? Oh, maybe I said something bad about them once and it got back to them. And like, I'll, I'll just like, make myself a totally different person than who I am and be like, oh, I'm a trash person. They hate being with me. They don't want to be my friend anymore. And like, I just don't know my worth at all. Like I need to work on that. <laughs> so tough. It's so tough because no one gives us a roadmap. Everyone says they have the silver lining or have it figured out. But if they're saying that, then it isn't true because everyone's figuring out their stuff. And I believe that there's people who have like enlightened moments like uh, Eckhart Tolle. But like, I believe we're all on this journey of like figuring out how to love ourselves. So I completely relate to that. And I'm sending you my love across the screen because it's that's such a tough place, you know, be in. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm working on it. You've mentioned a few times that you're comfortable being alone. How did you get to that place? Or were you always like that? I was always like that. I think growing up, it was weird. I was, I mean, so I'm six years from my sister and five from my brother. They're older. So they always had each other. Like they were super close in age. And then they went off to college and my brother went to prep school. And I was just like the last one in the house. And at the time, my parents were like working on their business together. And I would be like, in elementary school and sent to like after school camp till so late and then come home and like no one gave me attention. I just wanted like attention so bad. So I always had to entertain myself and I was always okay with that. Like I did like my own company always. And I actually preferred like in high school, I remember my mom would go to Indonesia a lot to work and I just lived with her in an apartment. And when I was like able to drive, I was like kind of excited for her to like go on these long trips because I got the car and I could like act like an adult and cook my own food and no one was talking or telling me what to do. And I can FaceTime my friend and say whatever with loud without anyone here. And I've always been someone that likes to be alone. And then I was in that relationship after that, I kind of struggled. It's like human nature to kind of be codependent. And if you're talking to someone every day, you get used to that. And like detaching from that is so hard. Can we go into talking about body dysmorphia for a bit? Because I saw that was something that you spoke about on your channel. And I know for a fact, just reading some of the comments, it helped so many people. Could you talk about how your experience with it and, you know, your first time dealing with it? So growing up in ballet, obviously, it's one of the hardest industries. If you think about a ballerina, you're thinking of a tiny, stick-thin, like, girl and and what you don't know is that you need to be built. Uh, you have to be born with like the right bone shape of your feet. They need to be archy or else you can't do ballet or you have to have the right turnout, which is like stuff that you're born with. It's genetic. Just from such a young age, if you don't look like the typical ballerina, what you know, then something's wrong and you just like hate yourself and the stuff that you can't change. It's like your bone shape. I started experiencing it when I was about 13, when I lived in New York with my mom. I went to a dance school there and like at the age of me hitting puberty, and just like seeing my body for the first time become like more womanly. And in ballet, you don't want a womanly figure. 
it's not how I was made. You know, my body was not going to be doing that. And from that age on, I just compared myself to everybody and despised my body. And yeah, it's just really, really hard growing up in that. And I made that video, which was one of my first videos talking about called I Hate My Body. And I just like finished a Nutcracker rehearsal and had watched my video back. And I hated the way I looked in my tutu. Like I hated that I had arm fat here. And like the other girl was so skinny that was opposite me. And I just went home crying. I was on the phone with my sister. She was like, Luna, like, shut up right now. You're going to pick up your camera and film yourself crying. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, just do it. I was like, okay. And I did it. And like, I mean, thanks to her, she really sparked my career. You know, it's scary to like put videos out like that for sure. But the moment I got response of anyone feeling the way I did and like just not feeling alone in my thoughts was just so good. The brain is so powerful in creating its own reality. And it's so interesting to hear about that because in a similar way, but completely different, how I used to see myself just as a a person and my um, concept I had of myself, which relates to self-worth, not body dysmorphia, though I still find it just really interesting how the brain can absolutely like either distort the image you have of yourself physically or mentally at the same time can also be such a, like a, an incredible thing and like make you feel these incredible emotions. Where are you at with sort of mastering that whole side of things? Do you ever feel like you go back to a point where you don't like your body? Are you through it? Oh no, it's definitely a constant struggle. Healing isn't linear. And I think when I was in high school, my goal was to be in a professional company and be a ballerina. And it was like a fear of, oh, I'm going to deal with this the rest of my life. Like I'm going to hate myself my whole life and have to fit into this mold. And then my YouTube channel just kind of blew up for me. And I took that route. I didn't go to college. I didn't go into a company and I kind of took a break off dance and relearned to love myself. And it's, it's weird because society's Beauty standards are completely opposite of ballet beauty standards. Like in ballet, you don't want any boob, you don't want any butt. And then you get into society and you're like, oh, well, why don't I look like that? Like I want guys to like me. And like it's just totally two different things. It's like, oh my God, you can't win. Yeah, I still deal with it constantly in a different way though. You know, like I am not in a ballet Titan leotard just like standing in the mirror every day anymore. That's not what I do. I do it for fun and I'm not doing it for pressure. I just have to remember again if it's my last day tomorrow and I spent this whole day upset that I facetuned this whole photo and I'm gonna post it like no it's it's just a different thing and I'm constantly gonna deal with it but I'm in a healthier space now everyone deals with it at some point eating disorders are very common as well and I'm very very grateful and lucky that I had never dove that deep I had many many friends that have um and it's all surrounding the same things, but with eating disorders, I would say, and I'm obviously, I'm just talking about what I, my knowledge to date. There's kind of two ways that you can either hate your body and you want to change something and you think you're fat and that's why you're not giving yourself the nutrients to, you know, sustain yourself. Or it's a control thing, which is also very common. Something in their life isn't going the way they planned. Like the one thing that they can control is what they eat or what they don't eat. And like, that's where also an eating disorder can come from. You might not hate yourself, but like, it's a mental thing of, I can control this. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's not as intense as an eating disorder, but disordered eating is, is also very common. And, and you see it too, like, oh, I ate a burger last night, so I'm not going to eat anything today. Or I treated myself here. So, you know, I'm sure like yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. dealt with something like that. I was in a relationship with someone who did have it. So I've got the opposite end perspective. It was actually a really hard thing to deal with. Being the partner, I could see how hard it was for the person, especially at like the time of their life where they were in denial of it. 
we honestly both struggled with that whole situation. Like it did affect me a lot, but I was like, crap. Like I spent so much of my time worrying about if she was going to eat, which was hard. And like, cause I don't have body dysmorphia. I wasn't able to understand, but all I can do is kind of be there to be supportive of it. That whole experience was just a very interesting and eye-opening thing for me. I want to just quickly define body dysmorphia for anyone listening. Body dysmorphia is a mental health disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. A flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others, but you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed and anxious that you may avoid many social situations. And I think it's really important, like, especially with a subject like this, that people can understand. I want to wrap it up with like a a final question for you, Luna. If you could work on one thing right now with your mental health, what would it be? Definitely knowing my worth, self-love. I think I had it once, you know, and like, I I know what it takes to get there, but it's definitely something that I work want to work on with my mental health and and get back to that point because I think from that I can rebuild so much and like give so much energy to other things and you can't really give much to anybody else or anything else until you do that. So that's the main thing I want to work on. How about you guys? Being comfortable being alone, which I've already improved on. I can watch TV shows by myself now. <laughs> Big step for me. No, like not even kidding. I used to I haven't been able to watch Netflix by myself. No way. It's like been a major issue for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I can now. Amazing. Which is good. It seems like such a stupid thing to say. It was like, as soon as I was doing that, I was like, oh crap, like I'm not getting nervous just sitting here by myself. What about you, Will? Whatever appears, seeing the other side. If something really good happens, seeing the negatives that could happen. And if something that I perceive as being bad comes my way, looking for how that could be the best thing that ever happened to me. And so that way I'm not oscillating between like these periods of joy and like, oh, things are working out. And then going back to like, wow, this sucks. I want to stay in the middle. And I think that's where contentment is, realizing that I don't have to chase things. I used to believe that if I achieved certain things, say in music or like was financially stable or stuff like that, that it would like solve my mental problems. But it is like an endless hole of nothing is ever enough. So realizing that I have everything I need right now and I'm just choosing to focus on the things that are going my way, that's something that has brought me a lot of peace so far. I would love to continue to work on that. I wanted to end it on a light note, actually, because we spoke a bit about dating and Harry's smiling here. I just know what he's going to do straight away. I'm not sure if you know this, Lena, but last night a very special event happened and it's the universe being in sync. You two matched on Raya. What? Last night? Yeah, yeah we did. Are you kidding? Like midnight. No. What are the chances? Go on your Raya. Go on your Raya. You're lying. I had a sneaking See, suspicion I'll just text when we you. started I, this. I sent you a message. I just said hi. There you go. I'm dead. Wait, that's so funny. I barely go on it. That's the funny thing. But I checked it like... 12 hours ago and I was like wait what the it was like new math I was like wait what the fuck wait that is so random because for some reason during this podcast I was like hmm like why do I feel like I matched with him that's so funny that is so funny yes we we went through this whole episode knowing this but we just didn't say anything until the end I love that wow you guys just really held that in (laughs) I wasn't sure if Will was gonna say it 
I just thought it was funny. I told Will straight, I was like, this is just hilarious. It's just so good that the next day we've got a podcast episode with her. Sometimes things happen in the universe and it's like, wow, like what are the chances that that was the night before? Like it could have been a, a week ago or whatever. Yeah. But like, and, and then, so maybe this will be like, <laughs> it's not a first date, but maybe this is a good intro to a potential oh relationship. Watch this space. I can say that. I'm trying not to put too much pressure on them. <laughs> <laughs> We just spoke about how dysfunctional our last relationships were. And then Will's like, yeah, first date, guys. Whoa. I'm so happy I could be a part of this moment. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. This is going to be playing at our wedding, you know. <laughs> and what a better conversation to start things off than, you know, insecurities and deepest, darkest secrets. I mean, it's only up from here, surely. It really is. You know everything now. <laughs> That's so funny. So, Will, I really liked that episode with Luna. I thought it was really interesting and covered a range of different things. What was your favorite thing that we spoke about today? Definitely. I really enjoyed having her on and she's a really awesome person. And I think that what she's done, especially when she's, you know, spoken about the eating disorders when it comes to being a ballerina, I think that that has had a really big impact on you know, even just kids who are doing ballet, I know for certain. So it was really awesome hearing her view on just life in general as well. I think one of the things that I picked up was like, I think the way she talks about trusting the universe and, and, you know, using that as a way to sort of deal with fear is a really interesting way of looking at it. And I think that faith is something that takes many forms to get the definition of faith, which is really to trust the universe. Faith means to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And I think that that's really important because there's a lot of things that can happen. And I do think that trying to come back to a grounding of, okay, everything will be all right, everything will be okay is really helpful for getting perspective. And I think what she mentioned about sort of feeling the fear and doing it anyway is something that we can all practice because sometimes we tend to turn away from things that scare us or make us feel uncomfortable. So I think even just in that, there's a couple ways you can process the feeling of being scared or unsure about what's going to happen. And I found that that's a really good tip that she passed along. I also found it interesting that one thing she wants to work on is her self-worth. And I think that's that's something that we can all continue to remind ourselves to sort of give ourselves credit, look ourselves in the mirror and you know, just remind ourselves what we're doing on this earth and why we are worthy of being loved. I think that's a really important thing that we can always continue to do too, because like, as she was sort of alluding to, like in this world, everything can get a bit hectic sometimes and we can start to, I guess, forget that or or not come back to that as well. So yeah, those are a couple of interesting things I picked up. And with that in mind, I just wanted to remind everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, please send it to a friend. If you think it could help them, please rate this five stars. Also follow us, subscribe on our socials at Really Mental Podcast. And we're really excited to see you next week. As always, we have another incredible story and human coming on. So very excited for you to hear that conversation as well. Thanks, everyone. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. If you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. 
But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation. Yeah, of course, feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that. Mm -hmm.